This is where we ended last week. We talked about renewing our mind to lead to a permanent change. And what we did is we, we said there is nothing as powerful as a changed mind. And we looked at this picture. We said this is a picture of our brain. In our brain, when you go straight like this, we are going straight towards our goals, our visions, our objectives, our resolutions, our plans, our life, even God's will. But we said for us to be able to reach there, our brain, our mind must always move towards that. And towards the end, we talked about making our path straight, making our path straight. The problem is we cannot reach here if our minds are not straight. Sometimes we believe wrong things, then we turn to the left. We believe the wrong things, we turn to the right, we believe wrong, instead of going straight. And as long as we still believe these wrong things, as long as we have wrong belief systems, there is no way we will ever reach our goals, there is no way we will ever reach our objectives, there is no way we will ever reach our resolutions. That's why we always have New Year's resolutions every year. We have a new resolution, but our mind has not changed. And as long as your mind has not changed, there is no way you achieve your New Year's resolutions. And when the Bible talk, talks about repent, to repent simply means to change your mind. If your mind believed in wrong things, then you change your mind and start believing the correct things, the right things. That's why the Bible says it's only the truth that can set us free. It's only when we start to walk straight that we'll be able to reach and achieve our goals in life. So what we are saying is we have to change our lives. We have to change our minds. So in our brains, we have to make sure that our brains believe the right things, believe in what God wants us to believe in. So today we will focus on a situation where somebody is trapped in making the same mistakes over and over and over again. And in most cases, it's because sometimes we just get emotional. By the way, emotions does not necessarily mean that you have changed your mind. Just because somebody is crying, it does not mean they have changed their minds. How many times did somebody come to you and they cried, but two, three weeks later, you find that they have gone back to the same place that they were two, three weeks ago. It's because they have not changed their mind. Our lives only change when our minds have changed, when we start to believe the right things. As long as you continue to believe the wrong things, you will keep regretting, but nothing will change. Regret does not necessarily mean changing. It's only repentance that means change. It's only repentance that will bring the real change. How many times have you heard somebody saying, Oh, this is my last bottle. I will never drink again. But tomorrow they are back to the same thing. Or oh, this is my last cigarette or my last sin, whatever sin that you can think of. And they say, this is my last one. I will never do it again. But you see them doing it again. You keep on going back to the same mistakes, to the same deaths, to the same person, to the same him, to the same her. Even after we drug and get Helena now, we one. But you go back to the same place. Sometimes it is so frustrating to desire to change, but you're not able to change. 
We have to correct our pattern. This, remember we talked about these patterns last week. This is how we think. This is our pattern. And as long as you have a wrong pattern, you have a wrong way of thinking, your life will never change. Some people will keep marrying the same person with a different name. The person has the same behavior like the previous person. And you thought, if I change him, my life will change. Only to find that you only change the name. His behavior is still the same. And I want us to talk in the next few minutes. Let me sh stop sharing here. I want you to think, what are some of the things that people say they will stop doing, they will never do again, but later you see them still doing the same thing again. What, what, what are some of those things that we, uh, we have observed in people's lives? And we see them doing the same thing again and again. And what I will do is I will unmute all of you. So if you have anything to contribute or anything that you want to say, please feel free to, to share with us some of the things that people keep on doing even after the end of the resolutions, but later we see them doing the same thing. What are, what are some of those things? Sometimes we, we make the same mistake again and again and again. I want us to talk about two things that we all know. The first one is what we call a thermometer. Thermometer. Actually, these days the thermometer has become very popular in Makalasa Coffee. The second one is what we call a thermostat. A thermostat. A thermometer, it just checks the temperature. It does nothing. It just checks the temperature. And it tells you, okay, it's 35 degrees or 37 degrees or 38 degrees. That's all that it does. A thermostat, it regulates the temperature. Thermostat, it regulates the temperature. In other words, thermostat it regulates. It it makes changes in the in the refrigerator. Whereas a thermometer, it only tests. It just tells you what is the temperature. It does not change anything. It does not change anything. I want us to go to Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. It's a very popular verse of scripture. I think all of us have heard that. It says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Here Paul is speaking to Christians. He says, I urge you brothers and sisters. He is referring to the church in Rome. He's referring to the Christians. He's talking to Christians here. That we have to, to present our bodies as living sacrifice. So it's about 
offering yourself here. When you, when you want to make real change, Jesus talks about dying to yourself. We have to kill our preferences. We have to kill our way of thinking. We have to kill or change our belief systems. If we do not make those changes, our lives will never change. We'll keep on do, doing the same thing. We'll keep on moving to the same place. We'll keep on moving to the same person. We'll keep on making the same deaths that you said you wanted to avoid after Munzai. Here the Bible talks about two things. The first one, it says, do not conform. Do not conform. The second one, it says, we have to transform. To conform, it's easy. But to transform, it's not easy. A thermometer, it, it simply conforms to the temperature. A thermostat, it transforms, it changes, it regulates, it controls the temperature. You know, when you look at the electric uh, support, yeah, electricity support, telecom, no, ESCOM, not telecom. They have what you call transformers. We have step up and step down transformers. In other words, it regulates, it controls the, the, uh, the electricity. That the electricity could come down to the level where we can be able to use it at home. So they have a step down transformer. But if the electricity has to travel a long distance from one city to the next city, they have what you call a step-up transformer. Very, very powerful uh, electricity between two cities. But once it reaches the next city, to step it down so that they can be able to uh, transfer it to our houses and we can be able to use it with ease, then have, we have to, they have to install what you call step-down transformers. So the Bible speaks about being transformed, being transformed. And that's what I want to, to, to focus on today. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, true and real transformation takes place in the mind. To conform, it's very easy. When you conform, you need no discipline. You don't have to discipline yourself. You just do what everybody is doing. There is no effort. You just flow with the river. You just flow with what everybody is doing. You don't have to make major decisions when you have to conform. It is easy to conform. You do not have to do anything. By nature, just conform. It is natural. But I hope that, well, it doesn't much so it ends Everybody does it. <laughs> That's what they tell you. They just tell you, everybody is doing it, so I do it also. So you are just conforming. You are just doing what everybody is doing. But the Bible says we should not conform as Christians. We should not conform. We have to make some major changes in our lives. We have to make some major changes in our lives if we want to make a difference after Unzai. If we want to make a difference in our lives and in the lives of other people, we have to make sure that we change the way we think. Bible says we have to transform by the renewing of our minds. It's, it's, very, it's a very, very powerful statement. Transformation of the mind, it's more powerful than just the will. It's more powerful than just I wish. It, it's more powerful than just a wish. And God says we have to transform our minds. We have to change our minds. I want to pull a, a picture here that I want to show you. This is a picture of a car. 
Lavanad Mova, I think you will understand this illustration that I'm about to, to show you here. When you have a car and you want to change the paint of the car, what 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 do they do? You can unmute yourself and talk. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm. If we do not renew our minds, you can try to paint it with a new paint. But if you do not remove the old paint, if you do not take out the old one, sooner or later you will default to the old paint. If you can remove the old paint, look at this car, they remove the old paint and they apply the new paint. And the new one, this is how it looks like now. Wow, 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 wow. It looks so, totally different from the old one. This is how our minds work. This is how real change works. If you do not remove the old paint, you will always default to the old paint. You always go back to the old paint. Just because somebody cried, that does not mean the person has changed. You have to change the way you think. Just because that means nothing. That's why after the Rivalerial, after two, three weeks, they go back to him, they go back to her. Because their mind has not changed. They still have the old paint. They still have the old paint. So we have to scrap the old one first. And sometimes it takes long. They, they don't just do it in three minutes or in one hour. Sometimes it takes the whole week while they are working on, on removing the old paint. Removing the old paint, removing the old paint until they are satisfied that the old paint is totally gone. Then they are able to apply the new paint. That is what we mean by renewing your mind. When the Bible says you have to renew your mind, that's exactly what it means. Remove the old paint. Most of us will only want to apply the new paint without removing the old paint. That's why it does not work. We always come up with New Year's resolutions. And you want to apply the New Year's resolutions in the old you. That's why it does not work. Yes, the old wine skins. It will not work. <laughs> you will always default to the old you. You have to peel off the old one. Then you'll be able to put in the new wine in the in your new wine skin. You have to apply a new mindset. And that's why I say sometimes we have to wait. And most of us, we don't have that patience to wait before we make a decision. Always we are in a hurry. Always in a, always in a hurry. You just moved out of one relationship. 
next week you are moving to the new relationship and that's why you always have the same problem because it is not the person that you are in the relationship with who has a problem it's you and in most cases we do not want to own it we always want to blame the, the other person time is your friend you have to wait learn to wait learn to be patient don't be in a hurry to make decisions remove the old paint first before you jump into the new decision wait until you are sober then you'll be able to make a right decision up to before you meet the right person make sure you you conduct yourself you become the right person first you do not have to hurry to make a decision take your time don't make any big decision quickly hit the boss uh, the pause button in your life and renew your mind first just because somebody is sincere and commitment and committed it is not enough you can be committed in the wrong things you can be committed in the wrong relationship so commitment does not mean anything until you commit to the right thing and sometimes you have to wait before you commit take time before you make a decision especially if you just came out of a painful situation to avoid making the same mistake you have to take time and most of us we are not ready to take time we are so quick to go back and that's why we end up getting back to the same situation that we're in albert einstein said you can't you can't solve a situation with the same mindset that you used to get into the situation if you still have the same way of thinking you are going to do the same thing because the pattern of your mind has not changed so we have to change the way we think we have to change our patterns that is the only way that the real change will take place real change will take place true transformation it needs and it takes time to take place just because somebody is regretful that does not mean the person will change <laughs> regret does not mean the person will change maybe even crying does not mean that the person will change how many times have you cried and two three weeks later you find yourself in the same situation again because crying it's not enough sometimes even resolve it's not enough how many times have you made the same new year's resolution just that sometimes you make it private but if you could check every year most of us our new year's resolutions five years ten years ago every year is the same thing <laughs> nothing has changed but we do make results we do make resolutions but at the end of the day nothing changes why it's because our minds have not changed we have to renew our mind bible says we have to renew our mind we have to transform we have to scrap off the old paint we have to scrap off the old belief systems like i said crying does not mean a person has repented it simply means they are emotional at that at that point and being emotional does not necessarily mean change because the next day you go to the same place you go to the same debts that you have been avoiding you go to the same uh, people that you have been trying to avoid go back to the same abusive relationship i know sometimes you know uh, some of us you ask yourself a question here is a person or here is a sister she is being abused in a relationship and you ask yourself why doesn't she move out 
Why does he keep on going back to the same person? It's because the mind has not changed. There is nothing as powerful as a person who has changed their minds. Once the person changes their mind, you have to change your mind. Repentance, actually, it comes from a Greek word. Metanoia. Metanoia. Meta, it simply means change. That's why we have metamorphosis. That talks about the physical change. You know, of, 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 of uh, it could be an animal or whatever physical change. So it's called metamorphosis. Meta means change. Meta, it simply means repent. To repent. So to repent is to change your mind by changing your direction. Meta means to change. To repent means to change your mind by changing your direction. If I was going west, I change the direction and start going east. That is repentance. You cannot say you are changing while you are still moving towards the same direction. That is not change. Sometimes that's what I usually call cosmetic change. Cosmetic change. Cosmetics, you understand it much better. You apply cosmetics when you go to work or you go to school, when you go outside. But when you go back home, you wash off that cosmetic and you become the real you. That's what most change is about. Look, somebody, let's say when you go to church and somebody is crying or somebody is raising their hands, sometimes it's not a real change or somebody is caught. Look, then at the soul. Oh, sorry, mama, sorry, mama, I'll never do it again. Sorry, mama, mama, no, satan, I'm on satan. Now, so when I ring, when I get there, when I get the phone, the man rap on the phone number. But after a week, he goes back to the same place. That's cosmetic change. Real change, it means you repent, you change your mind, you change the way you think. That's extreme change of the mind. Repentance is so radical that it affects your behavior. When you talk of, of, of mindset change or, or, or repentance, it's a big directional change. Let me say this. Real change, real repentance does not take place every day. It, it's a big change. It's a lifetime change. That's how serious real change is. When you change your mind, it is not something that you play around with it every day. It is something that happens once in a while. That's where real change takes place. That's where real change takes place. You know, a computer, it has what you call default settings. Default settings. You can change your font maybe to 12, and to whatever you want to change when you're writing or typing a document. But if it's not its default changes, if it's not its default settings, after you finish typing whatever you're typing, when you close it and you open it again, it goes back to its default settings. Even if you deviate from the default settings for a, for a moment, it will always go back to its default setting. If you do not save it, it will go back to the default settings. And most of us, we do have change, but it's a, it's a, it's a temporary change.
We have to change our default settings. We have to change our mindset. We have to change the things that we believe. We have to change the way we think. Emotional response does not always mean real change. Until you change your default, you will always go back to your default settings. You can change your friends, you can change your environment, you can change it, of which it's important, yes. You can even change your place. But if your mind has not changed, it may not result in real change in your life. So it's very, very important. That's why sometimes I say, you can take Egypt, or you can take a person out of Egypt. But if Egypt is still in that person, nothing will change with that person's behavior. You can take me out of the village, but you can't take a village out of me. I have not changed, even if I'm in a new situation, a new environment, I still have the village way of thinking. That's who I am. And that will affect my behavior. That will affect my choices. That will affect my decisions. Nothing is as powerful as a changed mind. Nothing is as powerful as a changed mind. And in most cases, what you call change is not a real change, it's just cosmetic change. That's why we keep on going back to the same place, the same things, the same him, the same hair, the same, uh, the same anger, the same offense, the same resentment, the same bitterness. Until you change your mind, you'll always go back to your default settings. It takes time to make real change. And most of us, we don't have the patience to wait until we have made the real changes. We still have the old paint. And unfortunately, you can't have two paintings or two paints on the same car. You have to scrap off the old one so you can be able to bring in the new one. Most of us want to hold on the old one and bring in the new one, and it does not work. Anytime you want to make a change, you have to make some real changes. It is always said, for you to, uh, to change your, your behavior, if you want to change your habits, you have to replace the old habit with a new habit. You can't have both habits at the same time. The time that you use to practice your old habit, when that time comes, you have to start practicing a new habit. You can't have both of them. You have to replace it with a new one. If you want to stop this, what are you replacing it with? If I say, I'm, I'm, I'm stopping this kind of behavior. Okay, you stop it. But what are you replacing it with? You have to replace it with something. Nature does not allow any vacuum space. And most of us only want to bring change, but we do not want to replace it uh, with anything new. It could be in our health. If I want to start exercising, it means something has to give. I have to create some time for that time to start exercising. What is that I'm going to replace? What will I take off my calendar? What will I take off my schedule? It could be in our finances. If I say I want to stop getting into debts, I want to get out of debts, what will I replace that behavior with? Because some of us, we do what we call emotional buying. Just because you are stressed, 
you feel like going to the mall. When you go to the mall, then you feel a relief, a sense of relief of some kind. Okay, what do you want to replace that with? When you feel stressed, what is that? What, what, you, what is it that you will do at that time to replace that time when you feel stressed? Sometimes we just have to look at our past decisions. And when you look at your past decisions, sometimes you look at yourself, what was I thinking? Some decisions that you made in the past, they don't even make sense to you now. You ask yourself, why did I do this? Unfortunately, sometimes we feel like it's, it's our fault, or sometimes we feel like it's not our fault. I want us to look at the three things, essential things, that we need to, to start doing if we want to make real change before it closes. The first one, we have to own it. We have to own it. This is very, very powerful. If As long as I do not own it, as long as I do not own it, as long as I shift the blame on somebody, that person that you are, you are shifting the blame on, you are giving them power, authority. You are saying, I'm powerless. And this person is the one who has more power on my behavior. As long as I, I do not own it, as long as I do not accept that, yes, I made a blunder. Yes, I made a mistake. As long as I do not own it, I will never change. You can only change what you own. Isn't it? You, you cannot change something that you, don't, you do not own. You can only change that part of the behavior that you own, that you say, yes, I'm responsible for this. That is the only part that you can change. As long as you blame your wife for your behavior, as long as you, behave, you, 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 uh, you blame your, your husband for your behavior, you blame your children for your behavior, you blame your parents for your behavior, you blame your colleagues for your behavior, as long as you blame another person, you are giving that person power. You are saying, I cannot change this area of my life. We are in debt because of my wife. We are in debt because of my husband. As long as you shift the blame on another person, you will never change. I want to take this statement so seriously. If you want, you can update on your Facebook or your, your WhatsApp. You cannot blame others to the better future or to your better future. You cannot blame others to your better future. As long as you keep blaming other people, it is not going to improve or change your life. It's not going to help you become a better person. You have to stop blaming other people and say, yes, I own it. I own it. I own it. I own it. I don't know whatever mistake you might have made in your life. It could be a big mistake or a small mistake in your life. But at some point, you have to own it. I chose him. I chose him. I chose her. At some point, you just have to accept it. That I made a mistake, yes. And that's where true change will take place. The next thing, rethink it. Rethink it. Take your time to think about it. Ask yourself questions. What was I thinking? Why, why did I do it? Did I do it because I wanted sympathy from that person? Did I do it because I sympathize with that person? Did I do it because I've, I had a sense of insecurity? 
Some of us, we feel like we are, we are inadequate. We feel like our lives are not complete until I wear a certain shoe or I wear a certain dress or I wear a certain type of a suit. Because you feel like if you don't wear a particular clothing or a particular name, then your life is not complete. Then we are telling you that unnecessary. Just because you want to conform. The Bible says we should not conform. We should not conform. You don't have to do it because everybody is doing it. It's popular. Just because it's popular, it does not mean we have to do it. So we have to own it. Take your time to think about why, why did I do it? And most of us, we avoid that question. We avoid asking ourselves, why did I do it? Why? We don't, we don't give ourselves time to think. Because if you don't think about that key question, you are going to do it again. Just be honest with yourself. Why did, why did I do it? Why did I allow her? Why did I allow him? Why did I allow myself to get into this situation? Why? What was the real reason? Not, not the other one that you are telling us. Not the other reasons that you are, taking, you are telling your, uh, your counselor or your pastor or your lead. No, your real reason, your real personal reason. Why did you do it? What was the main reason? Sometimes it will take you a day to think about it. Some of us it may take us a week, some may, even a month, maybe even the whole year. And before you get the real answer to that question, don't do anything. Don't make any major decision. Because you are still going to make the same mistake again. Take time. Ask yourself, what was the real reason? Why did I do it? Why did I do it? You'll only be able to move forward if you think right. And you ask yourself the right question. Ask yourself the key question. What was I thinking? Spend time into that question. Let me say this to you. Owe yourself for every mistake that you have made in your life. For every wrong decision that you have made in your life. You owe yourself an answer to this question. Why did I do what I did? Until you find an answer to that question. Don't make any move. Don't make any move because any move that you do, you remember we talked about the patterns in our brain? We talked about the pathways last week. You'll go back to the same pathway. You'll go back to the same thing that you did. We are going to choose the same person with a different name, with a different address, but it will be the same kind of a person. You'll keep repeating the same mistake. You have to ask yourself, what was the main reason? Why did I do what I did? That is the only way you'll be able to, to move. Wait until you come up with an answer before you, you move on. Lastly, let's talk about some few assumptions. Lethal, I call them lethal assumptions that we always have on our minds you know, and they do not work well for us. They work against us. They work against our belief systems. The first one is, if I find the right person, everything will be all right in my life. <laughs> and some of us, we have discovered it later. That, oh, it does not work like that. 
Some young people, they have not uh, discovered it yet. The person who needs to change, it's you. It's not the other person. Sometimes we, you meet a person and say, I want to change him, I want to change him. You cannot change a human being. People have to make decisions to change their own minds. You cannot force him. I know of some, some women who, you know, they will pray for their husbands and find that the husband doesn't repent, he doesn't change, doesn't become a Christian. And what they will do, they will start writing, you know, small verses and you do everything trying to change his mind. You cannot change a person. <laughs> you cannot force a person to change. People have to make a decision to change themselves. A lot of women, they get into relationships with the hope of non tangu change. Can't come out of zero cases. Lawyer got go. We are gonna go out. We want to be shumwe. Man jealous. We wanna go here and see. In tangu change, I'm in tangu court. When you're in a situation, then you wanna come and change, and you ask yourself why. Then you start to pray. You go faster and worse. But sometimes we have to make the right decisions. We have to make the right decisions. So if you can become a right person, then my life will be better. It's not about the other person, it's about you. It's about you and the decisions that you make in your life. The other thing that we uh, also make some assumptions, and sometimes uh, tell us you watch and goes in. My situation is unique. I'm glad uh, Pastor Strike is here. You can attest to this and you will agree with me you know when you uh, you work with people it's very interesting how common people's problems are <laughs> the reason why doctors are able to give you a prescription you know why it's because our bodies are all the same <laughs> that's why they're able to give you a prescription you're not the first one to have that problem Counselors, they know it very well. When you come with a problem, maybe even before you finish, they know. Oh, I talked to somebody last week with the same issue. The same issue. But they just let you talk and finish. But they know. <laughs> so don't think your situation is unique. That is why it's very important to talk to somebody. No, no, no. Your situation. Let's go to First Corinthians chapter ten, verse thirteen. First Corinthians chapter ten, verse thirteen. The New Living Translation here: The temptations in your life are not different from what others experience. <laughs> they are not different. Your, your your situation is not unique. And God is faithful. So God is always faithful, even in your situation. God is always there. What I like, it says, He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. Whatever you come across in life, God will help you to go through that. He allows it. When you are tempted, He will show you a way out so that you can endure. I like the English Standard Version. It says, 
No temptation has overtaken you. That is not common. Underline the word common. Common to men. Common. Like the first thing that they want to make sure it is not common. <laughs> and make sure I get something that is unique. If I have conference in, if I want to one ambala, yeah, we are an ayabon. Look what we are called. Actually, they common group. Aba ambal. Nasukna rewange fukambari. Why mga ambat? Ashi common group. Just because somebody wore something that looks like yours, it is common now. Always want something that is unique and different. When it comes to our trials, when it comes to our situations, when it comes to our challenges, the Bible says they are all common. It may not look like it's common. It may look like you have a crazy boss, a crazy manager who does not understand, who is a hard nut to crack. And the Bible says they are common. There are a lot of them. Everywhere there are books, I think I about about them. There is this this manager. That time he came, uh, they they had a new assistant. Enter on desk It was about two weeks later. After a while, I desk assistant. The, 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 the title of the, of the book was How to Deal with a Hard and a Difficult Boss. <laughs> the reason why there was a book, it means you're not the first one. <laughs> there are other hard and difficult bosses to deal with, difficult managers to deal with. And then somebody goes, it's a book, she said, so good. What I'm trying to say, Baka, and your, your, your situation is not, it's not unique. And sometimes in our mindset, we always believe that my situation is unique. Last week, I was, I was watching uh, Pastor Strike, Eka, Eka, Eka show I think Yvonne or one of their guests, he gave this example. I think I think we went past. I can't remember. When I want anga anga wana problem, I got doctor. Look, I got doctor. Then the doctor area that come phone, I had to long refer like a specialist. Look, I got specialist. Even a week later, I tell like a doctor. Look, I got doctor. Asmaela, I had lanya ngo nuka ngen. The doctor was so happy. Oh, so your problem has been solved, eh? So, so no, you know what, uh, doctor? Why I'm laughing? Why I'm so happy? It's because I realize that I'm not alone. You know, I'm not alone. I'm a specialist. You know, I'm not the same problem like me. <laughs> so you are not alone. And in most cases, we believe we believe that our situation is unique. Your situation, your relationship with your kids, it's not unique. Your relationship with your in-laws, it's not unique. Your relationship with your boss, it might be difficult, but it's not unique. Your financial difficulty, it's not unique. Your situation is not unique. Remember, if you want to tweet, if you want to update on your Facebook, put this. You are unique, but your situation is not unique.
You are unique. But your situation is not unique. Number three. Some of the things that we always convince ourselves. I know it is not right. But it makes me happy. It makes me feel good. And God wants me to be happy. So you justify doing it. Just because it makes you feel good. Your conscience is speaking to you. Deep down in you, you know it is wrong. You know it is wrong. You know it is wrong. You'll regret later. But you keep on doing it. Because it makes you happy temporarily. If it is right, it is right. If it is wrong, it will never change to be right just because it makes you happy. Even if it makes you happy, it is wrong. Stop talking to yourself into doing wrong things. Convincing yourself that it is right. Don't convince yourself to do what you know it is wrong because later you will regret what I have learned about life is in most cases, we believe wrong things, we convince ourselves of wrong things that work against us. You convince yourself into doing a wrong thing and later it works against you. You just have to change your mindset, change the way you think. Change the way you think. Number four. If I only had dot, dot, dot then everything will be fine. If I only had, you can fill in the blank. If I can only have him, if I can only have her, if I can only have the money, if I can only have this car, if I can only have this house, if I can only have what, whatever, if I can only have this job, if I can only have this tender, then everything will be fine. And in your desire to fulfill your appetites, you end up doing wrong things. Here is another tweet update or, or, or Facebook status. Appetites are never satisfied. All appetites, no, no matter what, all appetites will never be, you will never ever satisfy your appetite. Never. Don't lie to yourself. Don't lie to yourself. Any appetite that you have, it will never ever be satisfied. Never. You can satisfy it temporarily, but it will come back again. You can loan it and go and get a loan or make some debt. You can wear it, whatever you want to wear. You can drive it, but still it will not satisfy you. No appetite will ever be satisfied. You have to live on your purpose if you want to be satisfied in life. It's only when you start living on your purpose that you'll be satisfied. That's the only spot in life. That is the only position in life where you'll have true satisfaction and joy when you start to live on your purpose. The last one, number five. If I owe, it's better than want it. If I owe it, it's better than if I want it. There will be tension. Let's say you want something. You want a dress. Or you want a shoe. Or you want a car. But you don't have money. And you know that you do not have money. The tension is I always have that edge. I want it. 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 
instead of continuing with that edge of wanting it, you rather move and start to owe it. When that's quality. Now you struggle to pay. Now you don't have food at home. Now your kids are struggling also. You can't pay school fees. You can't even put in uh, a petrol or you can't even uh, repair it when it is. You always have that tension. Which one is better? The want tension or the old tension? I'm just giving an example here more of, but we can also apply it in any other areas of our lives. What are the things that I tell her? Because I wanted it, I wanted it, I wanted it. Because we could not differentiate between a need and a want. Most of the things that I'm saying, and so on, they are not real needs. They are just wants. But what you do is you convince your mind. Once you convince your mind that this is a need, I need it, I need it, I need it, then you go for it. Because if you say I want it, you know it's just a want. You can do without a want. So you have to convince yourself that it's a need. Oh, I need it. Oh, I need him. Oh, I need her. Oh, I need this I need this house. Oh, I need it. And once you convince yourself that it's a need, then you go and get it. And then it starts bigger problems. If you do not have money, you feel like I rather owe it. It is better to want than to owe. There will always be tension no matter what. We have to stop lying to ourselves. We have to stop lying to ourselves. And my last point is do not do anything new until you have answered one question. What was I thinking? Why did I do what I did? And that's the only way you can renew your mind. May God help us. It's already uh, time up now. May God help us and we, we continue to renew our minds. It's only when our minds have changed. We change things that we believe in. We change our, our wrong belief systems. Then our lives will change. Other than that, all these other things is just cosmetic change. Amen?